Welcome to the Bookworthy Podcast. I'm children's author Valerie Fentress, and we are here to talk about kidlit that's good for your kids' hearts and souls. Kidlit ranges from ages birth to teens, so there's a lot of shelf space to cover. Today, we're talking with Michelle Lazarick, the co-author of the award-winning book, Who God Wants Me to Be. Welcome to Bookworthy, Michelle. Hi, Valerie. Nice to have. I'm so glad I'm here. Thanks. So glad to see you today. Now, with Valentine's Day being next week, what are or kind of what is your favorite flowers or do you even enjoy receiving flowers for Valentine's Day? I do. I do like receiving flowers. Um, I'm I'm very simple. I'm a rose person. I love roses are my favorite flowers. So Valentine's Day or any other day is good for me. They don't have to be red, just roses. <laughs> so fun. I think what is it? My favorite type of rose is, I guess, the kind of the orange ochre rose. They're kind of orange and pink. They're very unique. And my husband does a great job of finding those particular ones. Nice. So too fun. I know it's, there's always the red roses, but there's so many other kinds that it's hard to, you can't go wrong, right? (laughs) Too fun. Well, I love the message of your book uh, that you and Crystal Bowman wrote, Who God Wants Me to Be. And I think it's a message that doesn't always get communicated well in our success-driven culture. What led you to write um, this book? Well, this book started as a vision, which it does uh, often for me. Um, Sometimes God will give it to me like through just a word picture or just a sense of something. And um, I had written a book... uh, in 2014, 2015 called uh, Daddy, My Beautiful. And it was a book actually about my daughter. And for about a year from age four to five, she spent the majority of her time putting on these Disney princess dresses and like a pound worth of that gaudy jewelry. And she would run out to my husband and she would spin around and she'd say, Daddy, my beautiful. And he would say, oh, yes, you're very beautiful. And so she would laugh and she'd run away and she'd go back to her room. And then again, she'd do it again for, you know, entertain herself for hours like this. And I remember watching from afar and thinking to myself, this really is the cry of every young girl's heart is to hear her father say that she's beautiful. And so I think it's at that moment that I kind of got the, uh, the sense, the calling to really want to write to um, empower young girls. And so this book in turn is a, it's the same empowerment story of allowing girls to discover who they want to be Uh, when they grow up, but also allowing that to be in line with God's plan for their lives. So often we choose careers, Uh, you know, kids choose it like they choose a spouse. So they choose, you know, the, what they're going to wear that day. And there is a God element in every part of our lives and including our careers. And so I think that by allowing girls, especially girls, because, and Crystal agreed with me when we kind of came up with the idea for this, um, was that Back, I don't know, 50 years ago, let's say, when my mom was growing up, there was no choices for women. There was, at best, a, a secretary or nurse. There was no doctor. There was no, there was no aspiration to be the best that she could be. And so I remember actually having a conversation with my mom one day, and she really, she really harped on me to go to college. And when I asked her why she hadn't gone, she said, because they, it was not expected of me. Because it wasn't, it wasn't something that was expected of women. At best, they wanted them to be good caregivers and good wives to their husbands. And you could choose a career, but you were very limited in what careers you could choose. And so 
she really wanted me to go because she, in a sense, had had lost an opportunity. Not not to say she regretted having us or having her life, but rather she wished that she had had that opportunity when she was growing up that I was being given uh, at that stage in life. And so that actually was part of the aspiration for me to actually go to college. I was actually the first in my family to graduate with a bachelor's degree. So it's, you know, probably one of the top accomplishments of my life is to be able to say that I graduated with, with a college degree, which was not offered for my mom, um, or even my sister, you know, um, it was at the time it was an option, you know, you could, you could graduate, but you didn't have to kind of thing. And now we live in a world where you really do need a college degree to get any sort of career that you want in life. And so all that to say, I wanted girls to be able to imagine, I wanted them to use their wildest imaginations when it came to choosing their career. But at the same time, I wanted them to understand that God does have a say in that and he does have a plan for every one of our lives. And he really does order every one of our steps. And so when we follow God, including our career choices, that God will always lead us in the right path for us, even if that career path may mean five or six different career choices. Uh, it could mean jobs within that career or it could be completely different careers, too. Um, you know, we live in a world that's very transient now. And my dad growing up spent 25 years of his life at one company and believed he would retire there. That was the mentality back when I was growing up. That's not the same mentality anymore. And so we have to understand that that's what kids are dealing with now. But at the same time, that that's OK, that if they don't stay within the uh, career choice that they choose for their college degree, that that's OK that God will continue to order their steps. I love that because I think there is a hiccup sometimes when we're communicating to our kids, you know, what's your, what do you want to be when you grow up? It kind of is like you know, at that four and five, making them think in their minds that they have to choose the rest of their life yeah. at this young age. And I love that your uh, book does a great job of, allowing th these girls to explore their interests as well as it's okay if they change their mind yeah. because what they're interested in at one age might be different than what they're interested in in another and God can use both. Um, so your book does a really good job of striking a balance between choosing a career and knowing God. So what's kind of the difference for you between calling and career? Well, I think, Calling is something that God has planned for them. I think it's, you know, you see that through scriptures. You know, Psalm 139, I think, really says it well when it says, You've searched me, Lord, and you know me. You sit, you know, when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such wonderful, such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. And I, I love that because it's really, it just solidifies for me that God really has numbered every hair on my head and knows where every hair goes in its perfect place. And at the same time, if I, if I am secure in that knowledge, then the career is just a drop in the bucket for the Lord. Like, why would I not trust him in that area than I would anything else? And so you know, calling is the thing that gets you out of bed every morning. You know, you know, for you, Valerie, you do these wonderful interviews with us authors. That's something that really has propelled you to have a purpose in life. Ultimately, you know, whether you finish this one and this is the last one, or you do this for the next 10 years, part of your life will be that you were able to put out great 
Christian content for people to, to get to know authors and to get to know good quality books for their kids. And that really is helpful um, in knowing your overall plan and purpose that you have for your life. But the career part is really that niche within the calling. And so, for example, if I'm being called into ministry, let's say, well, that could encompass a myriad of different things that could be in a pastoral setting, but it may not be. Uh, there could be a lot of different ways that God is calling me into a ministry leadership type role that may not necessarily be one way for the entire time. And I have to be ready to know that God can, I am i don't know if you've had these moments, but I certainly have had a ton of them in my Christian walk where God literally takes the garbage can where everything is so neatly folded and just dumps it and just shakes up and just dumps it and says, we're going to start again. We're going to do something completely different. And I have to be okay with, I have to roll with those punches because ultimately my life is the Lord's and my career is also the Lord's. And I don't get to be able to say, I, I mean, I guess I do in a sense of free will and choice, but if I believe that my life is ultimately the Lord's, then I have to give over to him my career and allow him to be able to choose different directions in order to accomplish his will. I think that's great. And it's a great message for young kids to know that um, God is working in them, that he has gifted them with talents and abilities, whether it's compassion or, you know, was, I have a kid that's amazing at math. And it's like, not everybody gets that gift, yeah. but God can <laughs> <Don't> use, <laughs> <laughs> but no matter the choices he makes, as long as he is choosing to work for the Lord, where he chooses to go, God is going to use him no matter the choices made, whether it's like you said, you know, ministry is, you know, from the pulpit or it can be in the office, yeah. making sure everything is organized and administratively done as ministry in itself. Yeah. And I love that this book really gives kind of leans into the idea of listening to God more in the choices that we make and how we define what we want to be when we grow up. Cause I think even at my age, I'm still like, what do I want to be when I grow up? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we ever stop asking that question, but I love that this diverse group of girls that come from so many different lifestyles are exploring who God made them. And I think if we lean into who God made us more than what we do, then no matter what we do, we're going to be living in God's will. And so you have a line in the book that says, I keep trusting God, and then I will see exactly who he wants me to be. And I think that's just the heart that we all desire to know who God wants us to be, but just to lean in and trust that God is moving and acting in that. Um, what strategies do you suggest as a parent, um, as your kid, as kids start growing and being like, I want to be this, I want to be that? How do you uh, encourage parents in that journey of, you might say you want to be a doctor, but you faint at the sight of blood, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> you know, I, I think you're making a really good point. Like, you know, in today's world, different, it's diff obviously very different than what I grew up with. You know, even just 20 years ago, the world has changed so much. And there really was no, when I was growing up, these jam-packed schedules of sports and clubs and activities that really vie for kids' time. And so because we live in a world where we can turn on our televisions and pretty much get any type of program we want at any time, we have this abundant ability to be able to choose. 
And so when we choose, we, we continue to have that choice throughout our lives. We expect that we can choose in every area, including our careers. And so like you're saying, sometimes we kids will fall into that whim of that looks really exciting or that looks really cool or my friend does that or my friend's parent does that. And so I want to do that too. And I think part of helping parents navigate calling and understanding calling for your child is to know them really well. And I think sometimes it takes that hard conversation, like what you're just mentioning, like, yeah, you said you want to be a doctor, but you're being the side of blood. You know, that it's that intimate knowing of your child to know that's not really them. You know, I have, I, my kids, it never seems to amaze me. I have two children. I have a, a son who's just went off to college and I have a daughter who's a senior in high school. Two couldn't be more, two completely different children from the same parents, raised the same exact way, approached the world in two totally opposite directions. And my daughter really wanted to be into sports. And she's gifted in incredibly many, many ways. Sports is not necessarily one of them. And so we have had to steer her away from sports activities because it's not her, it's just not her wheelhouse. But she's phenomenal at art. She's great at singing and acting and dancing and uh, public speaking, like she really has a talent for those things. And so we've wanted to very gently steer her away from the sports idea and more toward the arts and acting in those creative ways that really do nurture her creative spirit, which she's always had um, ever since she was a kid. So part of it is just knowing your kid and being able to help them understand discernment because discernment really, and wisdom really is a spiritual gift we want every child to have. Because as they grow up in adults, we're not going to be there to help them make every decision. And they have to be able to not only make good, healthy decisions, but also rely on God and trust that he will help them make good, healthy decisions in our absence. So I think knowing our kids, I think affirming them in the right gifts helps. And honestly, not to sound simplistic, but I do think prayer, I think prayer is our ultimate tool. I think prayer is something we can use to not only allow us to help discern what God has for our children's lives, but also help them discern what's right for their lives too. And giving over every area of their life, including their career, uh, including that, because it's so often we pray for a spouse or or their salvation, but how often do we really pray for an actual career that they can follow that's good for them and is alignment with their spiritual gifts? I mean, let's not discredit spiritual gifts either. And understand that God does have um, each child uniquely wired with gifts that only they can they can do. And when they identify those and use those regularly is when they can really discern their own career for their lives. That's very true. And I love what you've done for your daughter is seen her giftings and steered her in that direction. Because I know, what is it? I have a kiddo that's very artsy and creative too. And he's recently taken an interest in uh athletics. And I'm like, this is weird. This is strange, but I can see like how culture is wanting me to push him more that direction, just something innately wired in me. And that I probably need to seek God's wisdom on myself, but it's just that we, you know, have this, the world desires us to be successful, be the best, you know, be the doctor, be the star athlete. And we kind of can get lost in that success-driven mindset that our 
world decides to throw on us. And we forget that God really has wired them with purpose, with a plan. And, you know, theater, art, singing kind of gets this bad rap, but there are amazing things happening, even with what Dallas Jenkins and The Chosen and a lot of great uh, Christians that are stepping out with Jesus Revolution that came out this last year. And it's really been neat to see uh, faith-filled people in that industry. And it's it's just interesting and a challenge for me as a parent to be like, okay, Lord, yeah. is this the standard of the world or is this your standard that I'm trying to push him towards? So I think that's good. Yeah. To your point too, I don't know if you know this, but the Kendrick brothers who got started with Flywheel back in 2005, that started with a, a sermon from their local pastor. That that's how they yeah. got started in film was this calling that they felt after the pastor spoke um, and the Lord spoke to their hearts about, you know, making this movie. And they, they'll be the first to admit they didn't know anything about the industry at the time. And they had mm-hmm. a limited budget. So they used local talent and people from their church and things to make Flywheel. And if you watch Flywheel and you watch the latest movie that's come out from them, what a difference you know, 20 years can make or 10 years can make, you know, and Mm -hmm. how much they've done. And that really was the, the linchpin that really was the catalyst for Jesus revolution. And for, I can only imagine, and for all these really successful faith-based movies and sound of freedom to come out and talk about hard, hard topics that no one else is talking about. And it's all because of one calling. Here we go with calling one calling (laughs) from one God, to a group of brothers who decided to say yes and had no idea what they were doing, but they were willing to learn and they were willing to invest and they were willing to raise the money and the church came alongside of them and wanted to help them in that endeavor. And look what has done. It's changed the world so much because of one yes. And so, you know, that's a perfect example of calling too and career, I guess, for that matter, because I'm, I'm going to safely assume they probably didn't think they'd go in that direction ever until the Lord one day decided to speak to their heart. Same thing with me. My, I got started as an author by calling. I was worshiping. I was at a women's retreat. We had private, uh, quiet time. So I went out to my car and I was just worshiping and I was listening to music. And I just felt the Lord speak to my heart saying, I want you to write a book. Had never written anything before, before that point. And actually for my master's, I actually avoided the program that wanted a thesis because I thought I wouldn't have enough to say. And I didn't think I wanted to write enough. I probably have written a hundred theses by now. <laughs> and I, but then it was like, oh no, I won't have enough to say. I'm not a good... You know, and so because of that obedience to say yes, one day, one random day in 2009, I am sitting here today with you because I decided to say yes. And I would never have imagined where my life would have gone or has gone because of my obedience to that. So I do think, you know, to your point, too, that obedience is an integral part of helping kids discern calling and career for their lives, too, is I think as adults, we have to be the example and take the radical steps of obedience to God is calling for us too. And even in the most mm-hmm. mundane tasks um, so that we can be the examples to them so they can say, yeah, I want to follow that because my parents did that and look what God did through them. And I think that's kind of one of those hard things as parents is, you know, we want to set, set them up on the road for, to success and to be like, okay, this is the way we do things. But there is a lot of, work God has to do in our own heart as parents, but God has so much work to do in our kids too. And to allow them to see God working in us and see us leaning into God's word, studying God's word regularly 
and seeking God in our everyday decisions. Cause there's a lot of times with my kids, they're like, mom, why aren't we doing this? It's like, well, you know, your dad and I prayed over this and this wasn't really the direction God led us. And so they're seeing that. And as we model making our decisions through reading God's word and um, through prayer and not just making decisions because, Ooh, this would be cool and flashy, but you know, really taking time to sit and think and uh, consult the Lord on our decisions is really important for kids to see too. Absolutely. Now, quick question. What did you want to be when you grew up? Okay. So I wanted to be an actress. So yeah, uh-huh. I was very in the creative arts too. Um, I did my, uh, I did a play in uh, junior high, sixth grade. It was uh, Sherlock Holmes. I played Watson and uh, I, <laughs> and I, I loved it. I loved being a part of that. Did the eighth grade talent show and loved that too. Um, so I thought that's where I was going to head. And then the Lord changed it to in college, what I thought um, I majored in communications and wanted to be a radio DJ. And then um, I went to, my husband and I got married after I graduated college. We went to uh, Prairie Bible College in Alberta, Canada. And I worked for the local radio station there, volunteered. And I hated it. And <laughs> decided that that was not what God was calling me to do. And so I was, I was devastated. I was devastated because I thought I just went and spent all this money and four years of school to do this thing that now God is saying no. So I thought, oh my gosh, Lord, what are you, you know, what are you doing? So I started praying and giving it over to scripture. And um, I came across the scripture that talks about mighty counselor. And I felt like that was kind of when my heart was a, was a counseling degree. And so I uh, went for my master's in counseling and thought, okay, this is the Lord is a mighty counselor. Therefore he must be in this degree. And so I spent all this money and I went to you know, did counseling and I got my master's in counseling. I thought, this is my, this is my, my path, my trajectory. Yes, what I'm going to do. And I talked to a lady in my church who was working for, she was counselor and she worked for a Christian counseling center. And I asked her more information about it. And she said, can I come over and talk to you someday? And I said, sure. So she comes over and she basically looks at me and says, if you could do any other career, do it. She says this, she said, it is so taxing and hard. And she said, and this was back in early 2000s. No, I can't even imagine what it's like now. But she said, in a secular counseling center, you can't even utter the name of Christ without, you know, you have to be within the secular modes of therapy modalities. And I, again, devastated. I was like, oh, I can't believe you just said that. Like, what am I going to do? I can't. I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, I spent all this money. I thought I had this great direction. But I totally see, Valerie, now as, I re- as I'm writing books and as I'm speaking to you right now on podcasts and I do public speaking. That was the whole, that's what God was preparing me for through all of that. And I may not be hanging a shingle on my front yard and having a counseling office necessarily, or I may not be on the radio, but I'm doing podcasts. So it's kind of like that. And I'm writing, which I am doing, helping people, which is where my heart was anyway, uh, through books and through the written and spoken words. So it may have taken a different turn than what I expected, but I don't regret it. And I certainly don't think I was wrong in that. I think I just had the wrong course of action, but I think my heart was in the right place. And I think God knew that. And I think he, he does really direct and order our steps if we let him. And so again, to go back to calling and obedience is that may take a very different direction for your children or even for you in this world that we Mm -hmm. live in. But God has been preparing you. He does waste a moment of our lives and every job and every activity that you're doing is preparing you for the next thing that God is calling you to do. 
So to bear that in mind as they think about praying and trying to discern calling and career for their own children and maybe even for their own lives as they maybe approach a second after a next chapter for themselves is it could take a very different turn than what you expect. But God in his sovereignty will will know that and he'll be able to guide us if our hearts are in the right place and if we're willing to be obedient. Yeah, God doesn't waste any moment. He's yeah. always working in the waiting and even if, what is it, his mercies renew every morning. So even if we decide to, you know, we're going to go this direction, which is part of my own story, yes. you know, God's like, all right, we will work it back to the way that I'm <laughs> wanting this to go. So God's going to going to accomplish his will, whether we're willing or not. Yes. <laughs> Too fun. Well, Michelle, what can we expect next from you? Uh, yeah, so I have two books coming out in 2024, fall of 2024. The first is a book with B&H Kids Lifeway uh, called uh, Hall of Faith, and it's a retelling of the Hebrews 11 uh, Hall of Faith, and basically kind of relating it to kids is almost like an MVP, Hall of Faith, most valuable person, um, and how they can all be a part of the Hall of Faith um, by kind of uh, doing acts of obedience through faith. And then I have another book coming out uh, around the same time with uh, an author friend named Donna Wyland, and uh, it's out with Elk Lake Publishing, and it's called Pockets Full of Shells. And it's about a little boy who, uh, with the help of a friend, um, helps him understand that the shells from the seashore make the, bo the little boys and girls at the nearby hospital happy when they see them, and that he can use those to bring happiness and hope uh, to, that, uh, to those children. So... Um, yeah, so both of those come out in 2024. I'm really excited about that. Those sound like a lot of fun. I know, what is it, to expand and help kids understand more about the Hall of Faith and those characters that they hear those stories about, but understanding the faith behind those characters is really important. Yeah. And I, what is it, the what pocket full of seashells sounds totally charming. I can't yeah. wait to see it. Okay. <laughs> well, Michelle, where can people find out more about you? Yeah, so they can visit my website, uh, michellezurk.com. Um, there you can find an About Me page. You can learn a little bit more about me. Uh, there's a store with the, all the products and books that I've written so far. Uh, there's articles and things that I've written. But most importantly is the contact page. Um, if you've seen or, or heard this today and you want more information or you just want prayer or you just want to connect and say, hi, this was really uh, special to me, please write me on the connect contact form. I respond to everyone I receive and I would love to connect with you and just uh, hear more about your story and see how we can uh, connect in the future. So fun. I know that people that reach out will be blessed for sure. Thank you so much for joining us, Michelle. Thank you. Thanks, Valerie. And thank you for joining Michelle and me on this episode of the Bookworthy Podcast. Check out the show notes for any books and links that we discussed and let us know in the comments your favorite types of flowers. Don't forget to hit the like and subscribe button to help us discover more great books together. Happy reading.